of the things I loved about my wife uh, when we first met, and she, whenever you sent her a text message, she was always, who's texting me? Uh, my great-grandma ate a Sullinger. This is before you had uh, call or ID and things like that. She was always excited when somebody was going to call. She loved talking on the phone. And who's calling? And, and she would talk. You, you knew there was two things when you talked to my grandma Sullinger. Once it was going to be longer than 30 minutes, and you were going to talk about Jesus at some point. And, and that's just, I'm just tearing up remembering her because of that. But sometimes today with uh, caller ID, people call us that we don't want to talk to, don't they? I mean, oh, everybody's got that person in their life where like, they are calling me. Again, and do you answer or do you not, right? God calls us exactly that same way. And every one of us has a purpose. Every one of us has a calling. And it's up to each one of us individually whether we answer that call. And so I ask you today, did you pick up the phone? You picked it up, but did you answer the call? Because God often calls us to do things. Just like Randy said, every one of us has spiritual gifts, actually numerous spiritual gifts usually. Uh, I don't know how he knew it. Obviously, the Holy Spirit was at work. Mine is teaching and and worship. Those are my sort of two spiritual gifts. Uh, And so that's how God works a lot of the times. It just happens. And so people who got called on in the Bible, there's a lot of famous ones. Uh, One of them that comes to mind is Abraham. Uh, Father Abraham was called to lead and, and establish the nation of Israel. And then we have all the kids know Noah, right, with his animals and all that, and build me a boat. I mean, what if he hadn't answered the call? We'd all be dead, right, because we'd all drown. And what about Moses? Moses was also someone who's called to lead the children of God out of Egypt. And so Numerous people. Also, you had Saul, one of my favorites, who answered the call on the road to Damascus. And he answered the call. He became Paul. And he's responsible for the penmanship uh, and the scribing of most of the books of the New Testament. You also have Jonah. And Jonah did the caller ID thing, right? God called Jonah. He's like, oh. Nineveh? I don't want to go to Nineveh. Ah. And you know what God did with him. Put him in the belly of a whale. But at the end of the day, he answered the call and a city was spared. And then we also have David called to be the second king of Israel. And he's a pretty cool. But two of them, or three people kind of popped out in my head. Actually two. One of them was Elijah. And so if I can ask you, can you turn to 1 Kings 17, and we'll start reading at verse number 8. And this is the story of Elijah, and I think Elijah's really cool because God, back in those days, actually talked. So, reading in 1 Kings 17, 8 through 16, it says, And the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, Him being Elijah, Arise and get thee to Zarephath, which belongs to Zidon, and dwell there. Behold, I have commanded a widow woman there to sustain thee. 
So he rose and went to Zarephath, and when he came to the gate of the city, behold, the widow woman was there gathering of sticks, and he called to her and said, Fetch me, I pray thee, a little water in a vessel that I may drink. And as she was going to fetch it, he called to her and said, Bring me, I pray, a morsel of bread in thine hand. Verse 12, And, he, and she said, As the Lord thy God liveth, I have not a cake, but a handful of meal in a barrel, and a little oil in a curse, and behold, I am gathering two sticks, that I may go in and dress it for me and my son, that we may eat it and die. And Elijah said unto her, Fear not, go and do as thou hast said, but make me thereof a little cake first, and bring it unto me, and after make for thee and for thy son. For thus saith the Lord God of Israel, The barrel of meal shall not waste, neither shall the cruse of oil fail, until the day that the Lord sendeth rain upon the earth. And she went, and she did according to the saying of Elijah, and she and he and her house did eat many days. And the barrel of meal wasted not, neither did the curse of oil fail, according to the word of the Lord, which he spake by Elijah. And so you've got two people called there, right? You have Elijah. Elijah was called by God to go somewhere. And what did he do? He went, because that's where God asked him to go. You had a widow who didn't have much of anything, just a little bit of flour left in her jar and a little bit of oil. And God called her to supply for, for Elijah. And oftentimes with us, when you get called by God, he's already got it provided. The problem with us, and with me especially, is I don't choose to believe or have faith in that. Sometimes I do take after my name of Doubting Thomas. And so when God calls, he always provides ahead of time. The other interesting fellow is the prophet Hosea, which Hosea is not one talked about, but if you could join me in Hosea 1, we'll read two interesting verses, and then we'll talk about it for a while. But in Hosea... Chapter 1, verse 2, it says, The beginning of the word of the Lord to Hosea. So God is about to talk to Hosea. And the Lord said to Hosea, Go, take unto thee a wife of whoredoms and children of whoredoms. For the land hath committed great whoredom, departing from the Lord. So he went and he took Gomer, the daughter of Diblium, which conceived and bare him a son. Of all the things God to tell you, has anybody ever had that message sent to them? He commanded Hosea to go and marry a woman of ill repute. Why would he do that? I don't, I, it doesn't say it here, but we don't know if Hosea knew that or not. But he used Hosea, and here it is, a couple of thousand years later. We're talking about him on a Sunday evening, right? He did that because he made a metaphor of this wife, Gomer, that he told Hosea to marry. He made a metaphor of her in Israel. Basically, she left her husband, went back because she was a career-minded woman, went back to her job, and came back. To marry Hosea, well, to basically rejoin with Hosea numerous times. 
And so I am not sure when God spoke to Hosea and told him, gave him a call, picked up the horn, said, Hosea, I want you to do this. Did Hosea know what was going to happen? Did Hosea have any idea? No. But he was faithful and obedient. He picked up the phone and he answered the call. And thousands of years later, we're still talking about him. And so today, I want to talk about a couple of things where God's pushed me or called me. Because it's always scary when he does it. Uh, I've got this young engineer. His name's Patrick Nichols. And he wants to get married to this woman. And uh, I'm crying because I'm scared. My job doesn't allow us to talk about Jesus. They've never said don't. But we've always said at our job, you don't, you don't do that. This is one of my direct reports. So he works for me, and he's a young man. He goes, well, she's a Methodist, and I'm a Catholic. I said, well, Patrick, I said, that doesn't matter. I said, it's all about Jesus. The religion we call it, the box we put God in, does not matter. I say that because I'm scared again. And I cry when I'm scared. I don't know when God will ask me to talk to that one person at work that will cost me my job. Because it could happen. It could happen. I don't want that to happen. I don't want my family to suffer. But God called me to do that. I haven't, asked, I haven't told my wife about this at all. I don't think he's the one. But God cares us, calls us to do some scary things. But he's got, us, he's got us provided for it all along. I've got another one. It's coming to this church. My wife will tell you I didn't want to come here. We had a, I'd been a Baptist my whole young life. And I'd been non-denominational from about 2002 up to Easter of this year. And uh, Ron had invited she and I here to church thousands of times when our church closed in November. And uh, we always, she never bought it up. We just never went. And then uh, when he passed away, I have no idea why, but God told me, you need to go to Keith Hines Baptist Church. I, I don't know why. He said, go there. And so I did, and here we are. Kind of odd. Then there was this weird guy this morning that as I shook his hand and he laughed, I thought I was done because he said, bless you, Tom, like he usually does. I'm out the door and he goes, hey. Would you like would you like to preach to would you love would would you love to preach tonight? And my reply was I can do it. He goes, That wasn't my question. That wasn't my question. Would you like to would you love to preach tonight? Well, if you want me to, I will. He kinda of went, eh, still didn't answer my question. Cause I was scared, because I did not have one in the hopper. Well, God gave me this sermon on our drive home on the way to Aldi's to pick up some eggs. And it just sort of clicks like that. 
And whenever God gives you something, typically when you're preaching and teaching, that's what happens. And, and that's the way that you know that it's from God. He provides everything for you to get it done. It's scary as get out when you're going through it, especially when you commit to it. But he blesses you for obedience, and he blesses you with being able to do it. And that's kind of what's going on today. So there's three things that typically, when the phone rings, and you kind of decide if you want to answer the call, there's three things that sort of hold you back from it. The first one is fear. The second one is selfishness. And the third one is apathy. And fear is just that. It's fear. Everybody's been scared. As kids, we watch scary movies because it's fun to get your heart racing. But fear can be a number of things. And those guys we talked about in the, in the Bible that were called at the first, Moses, his first thing he said and how cool would it be to have a burning bush in front of you and God say, Moses, take off your shoes. It's holy ground. I mean, that's a cool way for God to talk to you, right? Not like the weak way he does today. But And he said, first thing he said was, well, God, I stutter. I can't really talk to people. I stutter. We don't know why he said that, but I'm guessing he was afraid. And he came up with an excuse God asked him to call, lead, and talk to the people. And what's he do? I'm afraid. I'm going to make him an excuse. Some of us, because of that fear, I've done so many bad things. And we say, I can't, there is no way, God, I can do that because you know me. I've, I've drank. I've cussed. I've sweared. I've been married 14 times. I can't do it. An excuse fear that keeps us from doing that what will those people think of me oh my if I stutter if I cry when I preach and teach tonight what will those people think of me will they think I'm weak will they think I'm stupid that I can't talk truthfully I would bet 90% of you guys are so scared you couldn't get up here and do this right and, and so that's the kind of things you tell yourself to get pumped up so you jump into things and so selfishness, I like playing guitar. I like sitting around doing nothing. I call it living in the nothing box where you do nothing. And selfishness sometimes pushes you there where you just don't want to do it. Have you ever been there? God asks you to do something or even your wife or your kids, they ask you to do something, they make the phone call, and you just, I just don't want to do this. Or maybe if I don't do it, somebody else will. I mean, that's another thing is maybe it's not for me. It's another excuse. Eh, somebody else will do it if I don't. And there's those, unfortunately, the third one. A lot of people you, you ask, what's the opposite of love? And they say hate, naturally. But the opposite of love is apathy. Not caring. Just I don't care. And how often do we hear that today? I don't care. I can't say, I won't vote because it doesn't matter. I don't care who they elect. He'll be an idiot. I don't care about 
that person, whatever happens, it doesn't matter to me. And so those three things often, we pick up the phone, but we don't answer the call because we're afraid or because we're selfish or because we plain and simple just don't care. And every single one of those are sins that separate us from God because that is the definition of sin, a separation from God. And so tonight, kind of the only way to solve this is to conquer it with courage. Uh, We believe lies that we tell ourselves that I believe sometimes the adversary or, or Satan actually whispers to our ear, but I was talking to my wife because I was going through my scared thing while we were getting ready to come to church. I don't think Satan has to work on me because I'm so crazy and my brain's so messed up. He just sets back and laps and watches it go. I mean, that just happens. And so the only way to counter these lies is with truth, isn't it? The only thing a lie cannot prevail against is truth. And God is the truth that will counter that. The other thing that counters apathy, the only thing, is love. And God is love, as it tells us in 1 John. And so tonight, I ask every one of you, because you've probably already got it in your head, God's, God's picked up the phone with every one of you. If, if you have been saved, you've answered the first phone call, right? He always calls a second, third, and fourth time. He's called you for something. I'm thankful for women that teach our Sunday school classes and put up with our kids and try to teach God's word to them. And as they're flying around the room yelling and screaming, you go, "Is does anything I do matters? Did these kids hear anything? And he does. And that's that discouragement and that selfishness. Well, maybe I shouldn't do it. Maybe I shouldn't teach Sunday school. Somebody else will do it if I don't, right? No, God has picked you because he wants you to teach Sunday school. Same as he wants me to preach tonight. And Randy knew it. I knew it, didn't like it, but here we are, right? That's the way it works. So as we're all just sitting here, God has called every one of you to do something. He has a purpose and a meaning for every one of us. And he's laid it in your heart. You know what it is. It's something between you and him. And so I'd encourage you, at the end of the service before we close, we'll pray together. And we'll ask God to speak to you in a clear, a clear voice. Give you the courage. Give you his power, because that's how you can do it. To get rid of it. And so... The truth that conquers lies. Uh, I'm not going to ask you to turn to these, because, uh, but I will read them. But if you'd like to write them down, I'll sign up, take some time. And this is why we uh, memorize memory verses, because when the lie pops up, we can counter it with the truth. And so these are the, these are the lie verses I go through. Proverbs 3 5 and 6. And Proverbs 3, 5 and 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Lean not to your own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct your paths. 
So that's Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Next would be Romans 8, 28. God speaks. This is the verse that has kept me alive. It says, And we know all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to his purpose. Philippians 4.13, there's t-shirts with this on, there's things up on your wall. Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. There's a reason they sell those cute little things you stick up at your house or t-shirts. It's because that's the truth of God echoing so you can look at it and always see it. Psalm 27, I'm not going to read the whole thing, but this is David basically going, yeah. God asked me to do something, and I did it, and here's a song about how cool it is. And I can just see him there rocking out on his harp. But it says, uh, Psalm 27:1, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life, and whom shall I be afraid? The next one is Hebrews 13, 5 and 6. Let your conversation be without covetousness, and be content with such things as ye have. For he hath said, I will never leave thee, nor forsake thee, so that we may boldly say, The Lord is my helper, and I will not fear what man shall do unto me. That takes away that fear one, right? It doesn't matter what y'all think of me. God has got my back. And so every one of the lies the devil can ever tell, any of the lies we can ever tell ourselves, God has truth in his holy word that counters that, that sets you free. The last one I will ask you to turn with me, it's, it's 1 John 4.18. Uh, and a lot of people read the, the verse kind of before it where it says that God is love, right? Because usually you'll hear that one in a lot of wedding ceremonies and things of that nature. Uh, 1 John 4.18, but because they want to emphasize with the young man and woman that God is what's really important. And God will keep you in love with each other and keep your marriage together. Uh, 18, it's got a little different spin on it, but it's the same. So John, 1 John 4.18 says, There is no fear in love, but perfect love casteth out fear, because fear hath torment he that feareth is not made perfect in love and tonight if God has called you I encourage you pick up the phone but also answer the call because what 1 John 4.18 tells us is that in fear is torment and we've all felt torment it is not a good place. Uh, I've always said whenever something bad happens, you kind of get two choices. You can either live with God's peace or you can live in despair or torment. And that's where God lives. And so as we take on this call that God's given every one of us as a congregation, as individuals, I just call you to focus on fear Focus on selfishness and also focus on your apathy. Counter those with truth, the truth of God's word, 
and to just blindly, ignorantly, and crazily love other people because that's the way God loves us. He is crazy, magnificently in love with every one of us. And he doesn't need us. He wants us. And how cool is that? So pray with me. Ask for God to talk to you about what you're calling your purpose is. Because he'll do it. And it will be scary. But he's already given you everything you need. Father, we just thank you today for loving us. Sinners saved by your grace who cannot do the life alone. Lord, you built us and you designed us. You designed us to need you. You also designed us to love you. But God, you gave us a gift no one else could give. You gave us free will and choice. And you also gave us your son, Jesus. And Lord, with that also came a calling. Each and every one of us has a calling that you have laid on our heart. God, we don't always know what that is. But Lord, if we spend enough time with you, spend enough time in your word, you show it to us every time. So God, I pray for your strength, God. I pray for your blessing. I pray for your Holy Spirit to help us overcome fear. To help us overcome selfishness that is our own sin. Keeping us from doing what you want us to do. Robbing us of the blessing you have planned. And God, I pray for you to help us with our apathy and our lack of caring. God, that you would melt our hearts. Make us like you. And teach us how to love others the way you love us. God, I pray tonight that the next time you dial up the phone, that we will answer your call and that you will bless us, comfort us, and that we will be courageous, crazy in love with you, not step back, but walk forward into the challenge you've given us And provide everything for us and just see it all happen perfectly the way you designed everything. In your son's holy name we pray, the precious name of Jesus. Amen.